The following story has been brought to you by storiestoinspire.org. Before Jews were loaded into cattle cars and sent off to death camps, they were first crammed into ghettos. That was the first step of the Holocaust. Get out of your home. You have to give up your home to the Nazis. And they put you into a ghetto. What did they do? They took part of the neighborhood. They basically encamped it, so to say, and they put 10 families per, per household. And you crammed together, perhaps five, six to a bedroom. And conditions in the ghettos were very, very difficult. Literally, there were subhuman conditions, very little food, no health care at all. So one day in the Podlatsko ghetto, a young woman by the name of Leah Fuchs, she was the mother of a large family, she felt quite ill. Now she tried to ignore it and just pass it on because she had little kids to care for. But each day it was getting worse and worse. And although she wasn't a doctor, she knew this is turning serious. Something is very wrong. So she was astute enough to know that if she didn't get help soon, she was going to die. And it wasn't as much that she was afraid of dying. It's just that she had little children. And if she died, the children had no chance to survive. So the, the willingness of a mother who has to care for her children will do anything even if it's superhuman to do because her job is to see to it that her children survive. So she took the few less zlotas, the currency that they had, and she risked her life by fleeing the ghetto. And she goes to the home of a doctor she knew from before the Nazis took control. The doctor's name was Dr. Magda Bukowski. She was a Polish doctor non-Jew, that Leah had had a relationship with her as her doctor. She knocks on the door of Dr. Burkowski. Dr. Burkowski opens the door and sees a Jewish woman there. She knows Leah Fuchs, and she knows she's Jewish. She says, get away from here. You can't be here. You'll get caught here. They'll kill you, but they're also going to kill me. Leave. And Leah Fuchs says to Dr. Burkowski, I'm not here because of me. I am ill and I need your help, but I'm here because of my children. Please have compassion on little infants, on little children. Help me so I can help them. But they're going to kill us. They're going to catch us. Please, I beg you. I have money. I'll pay you. Help me. Dr. Burkowski opens the door, lets Leah Fuchs in, sees, recognizes her illness, tells her she's in bad shape, it's a serious illness, I'll give you some medication, but you're not going to survive going back to the ghetto. There's no way without cure, continued cure, you're going to make it. Leah says, let me buy the medicine from you and let me try. And with that, she takes out the Zlotus that she had to hand over to the doctor, and the doctor says, keep your money, keep your money. You may need it, you can hold on to it. You may need it to buy yourself out of the ghetto again, but I don't want to take your money. I'll give you the medication. But I'm telling you, you can't survive without medical care. She thinks deeply, the doctor, and then says, don't leave my home. I have an attic. Go into the attic and stay there. And I'll care for you. And you'll live. Leah Fix, you can imagine, is so touched by this offer, literally an offer risking her life, but she can't accept it. There are 13 children that I care for, some of my own, some of my, for my family. There's 13 children under my care. 
If I take up your offer, yes, I may live, but the 13 won't. So I'll take my chances and I'll go back. Again, the doctor thinks, and the doctor says, so let's smuggle all 13 out and we'll put you all in the attic. The Gestapo headquarters was across the street of Dr. Brukowski's house. Every day, they would hang Gentiles that were caught helping Jews. Every day that Dr. Brukowski walked out of her house, she saw a human being hanging for the crime of helping a Jew. It was right in front of her. And here she's saying to Leia Fuchs, let's smuggle the 13 out and I'll put you all in the attic. And over a period of days, that's what Leia Fuchs did. One by one, she disguised them, got out of the ghetto, brought them to the doctor's house, put into the attic. After a week, mission accomplished. 13 children plus her living in the attic of Dr. Burkowski. They lived there for six years. Six years. 14 Jews. 14 Jews in the attic of a Polish doctor's house. Right across the street of the Gestapo headquarters. After Germany was finally defeated and lay on these 13 charges left the attic, they were malnourished, they were weak, they were traumatized, but they were alive. They were alive because God sent an angel to watch over them. Eventually, they all recovered and they all reestablished their lives, each building a family. Many years later, decades later, Leia Fuchs together with multitudes of children, grandchildren, and great-grandchildren gathered for a reunion in America. There were 300 family members. Only one non-Jewish family member there, the guest of honor, Dr. Bukowski. Imagine what it's like to walk into a room and see 300 people and know that every one of them is alive today because of you, because of choices that you made. How does that happen? How does a non-Jewish Polish woman come to exhibit such self-sacrifice to save the lives of then 14 today, perhaps the 300 has become 500 or 600? risking her life, knowing that it was risking her life to save others. When she seemed so uncaring at first, remember, first response, go away from the door, don't come here, you're going to get me killed. And she explained it as such. The first choice when I made to open the door and let you in was the most difficult of choices that I had to make. But everything after flowed naturally offering you to stay in the attic. The moment you are in my home, the moment you are under my care, everything else just flowed. I couldn't let you go back and die. You were now my patient. You were now someone that I cared for. The moment the compassion struck, when Leah Fuchs said, I don't care to die, but there's 13 children, and suddenly something within her said, I can't let this happen. I can't close the door on this woman's face. That choice point, everything else that came afterwards was just natural for her. They weren't her choices. The moment Leia said, I can't take you up on your offer, I got 13 others, just flowed naturally. Don't all face such choice points in our lives. 
where we're worried about Nazis and Gestapos across the street of our homes. We don't face that in our daily lives. But we do face choice points. We have to remember we're not a victim of our circumstances, whatever those circumstances are. You're a human being created in God's image. And regardless of the situation, you always have choices to make. These choices are moral choices, spiritual choices, emotional choices, intellectual choices, but you have choices. As long as you remember the difference between what is under your control and what's not under your control, you'll be amazed by the elevating, by, by the liberating, by the rewarding changes you're capable of making in your life. You got to remember there's two different parts of life, that which you control and that which you don't control. Enjoyed this story? Come again. Bring a friend. Stories to inspire.org.